we'll have our sister Jeanette come and bring us a word of encouragement from John 13. Amen. Amen. Good evening, ladies. Good evening, ladies. Amen. You you already know me, right? All right, all right, all right. So I need you to to do, right? It is good to see each of you tonight. It is always a pleasure to be in the presence of God and his own. Certainly it is. After a long busy day, it is good to be with sisters in the faith. Amen? Amen. Tonight, I don't have a lot of time, uh, but with the time that I do have, I hope to do some level of justice in unpacking what we have before us. As I am opening up, if you would turn your Bibles, if you haven't yet, to John chapter 13. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 20. I'm praying tonight that the Lord would give us time to really look at the text. This text that, in my opinion, is a foundational example of servanthood. And more specifically, serving each other. That's why we're here tonight. We're here to talk about serving one another in community. Because of time, let me get right to the text. And beloved, I am actually reading from the CSV version. It is closely related to the ESV. Amen. John chapter 13. Before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Now when it was time for supper, the devil had already put it into his heart, of, into the heart of Judas, pardon me, Simon Iscariot's son, to betray him. Jesus knew that the Father had given him everything in his hands, and he had come from God, and that he was going back to God. So he got up from supper, laid aside his outer clothing, took a towel and tied it around himself. Next, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet and dry them with the towel tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who asked him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, what I am doing you do not realize now, but afterward, you will understand, you will never wash my feet, <laughs> Peter said. Jesus replied, if I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. One who has bathed, Jesus told him, doesn't need to wash anything except his feet, but he is completely Clean. You are clean, but not all of you are clean, for he knew who would betray him. 
This is why he said, not all of you are clean. When Jesus had washed their feet and put on the outer clothing, he reclined again and said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are speaking rightly, since that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done for you. Truly I tell you, a servant is not greater than his master, and a messenger is not greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. If I, Lord, I am not speaking. These verses, beloved, they, they, they wear in the soul. Ah, I need his help tonight. I am not speaking about all of you. I know those I have chosen, but the scripture must be fulfilled. The one who eats my bread and has raised his heel against me, I am telling you now, before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am he. Truly I tell you, whoever receives anyone I, I send receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who sent me. Beloved, let us pray. Lord, give us ears to hear. Give us eyes to see. A hungry and thirsty heart to obey what you have commanded us to do in your word. Amen. 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 As you see, these 20 verses are heavy, they're weighty. They are packed with truth and destruction. I will venture to say that all of us in this room love a good pedicure. Don't you? Yes. We enjoy climbing up in that comfy massage chair and the manicurist attending to our every need. Feet needs, bunions, onions, <laughs> hammer toes, hammer time, whatever it is, we are in a comfortable place, correct? And so, whether you are a recipient of a foot massage, a pedicure, getting your feet scrubbed or not, we must all agree the pleasure that comes from that is addictive almost, I, I have to confess. It's refreshing and restorative to my feet. I love getting in there and forgetting my cares. I literally ignore them and they ignore me. The truth of the matter is John 13, specifically one through four, we see Jesus here in the role of a lowly servant. This is quite opposite to a foot massage at a salon. It is quite a far cry from what we love to do, the pleasantry of that, correct? We pay our money, they wash our feet, they direct us to pick our brightest and best shades, right? 
They're not necessarily interested in your name, who you are, your future, right? And they kindly point you to the register. That's the experience. But here, there's a stark contrast. Let's look a little deeper at what's happening in John 13, 1 through 20. By the time we pick up at this part in the text, at chapter 13, it is Monday Thursday, Good Friday Eve. We've, many of us have come to call it the Last Supper experience, right? We catch up with Jesus and his crew, right? They are having their supper together, and they're gathering. As a matter of fact, prior to that, Jesus had to just quiet the souls of the disciples who were arguing, if you remember, if you're tracking with me, about who was going to be in this high position within. They wanted a place. Ah, don't, don't, don't we want a place with Jesus? Right? And, and there were 12, but there were some bickering amongst a small group who said, you know, Jesus, bump them. I need to be right at your right hand. Uh, don't we do that well? And so as we catch up to them, something so shocking is about to happen. Verses 1 through 4. Something so revolutionary different is about to take place. We see a radical shift. Are you tracking with me? Jesus gets up. He takes off his garments. <laughs> Look at that. It's so funny, huh? And he disrobes. He disrobes. There are a lot of symbolism there. He disrobes. He gets down to the basics, right? I'm sure it's just a loincloth at this point, right? And he puts on a towel. Come on, let's, let's get our minds going here to see what's happening. And he gets a basin. I didn't even have time. There's a bag. I brought a basin. And he gets water. And he pours it, and as he pours it, he is walking to each disciple, and he is taking their feet. And he is about to, he, he is about to wash the feet of his disciples. What humility. He is about to show them something. Can you imagine what's happening in that room? I don't even have time to, to unpack all the cultural and historical uh, factors that play into that scene because in that scene, we're seeing something that's only done by slaves. And Jesus, now in their eyes, which have been opened, is a Lord. How is my Lord Washing feet. I believe at some point, their faces, there must have been a meme for that somewhere. I know maybe one of you can get a meme for that. Shock. Preposterous. Jesus, wash my feet. As a matter of fact, we see it here in the text. The Messiah? What are you doing? Taking on the role of a foot washer. Here's some facts. The Orientals during that period of time would have been wearing sandals. Sandals through dirty street. It's not paved. It's not City Avenue. It's not downtown. It's dirt. It's rougher. It's like when I go home and I'm in slippers all day going in the back countries of Jamaica, I come back and I look so ashy and dirty. It's ridiculous, right? So I don't even wash my feet. I just wash my body, right? However, their feet would have been dirty, filthy dirty. 
And so feet washing at the end of a day or upon entering a home was customary, right? It was even more special if the host at his tent would wash your feet. We see several places in text where once you come and you visit, the host, if you were, say, you know, coming to a middle class, lower middle class home, I'm going to make it relevant to us, the host would provide the basin and the water and you would wash your feet. But on the main line somewhere, upper class somewhere, where they have servants and slave, the slave would wash your feet. This is what Jesus was doing. Jesus said, as great as I am, I can assume the position of a slave. Ridiculous, madness, scandalous, my God. In homes of ordinary people, as I stated, feet washing was looked upon as the lowliest of services. Lowliest, the lowliest. And here we are. So first things first, since we don't have a lot of time to develop all the facts, let us look at some of the treasures right at the top, i.e. the main idea of this text. What could, what could we gain from this optic? It's a visual. You know, as a teacher, I love using aids to help my students. I love, no matter how old they are, we want to have some kind of uh, optic. We bring stuff manipulative so visually. We have a lot of visual learners. People, what is Jesus? Because Jesus is actually presenting some optics here. Jesus is actually giving us a, a, a live, organic illustration through this text. So through this text, I heard you first in verse 1 hear Jesus saying, I love you. I love you. Before the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come, verse 1, to depart from this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, now us, right? Kind of lost my place. Having loved those who are in the world, he loved them to the end. So this is the great departure. Jesus is shutting down his earthly ministry. And so he's going to convey something so special and so wonderful, but not just for the sake of conveying it, he's hoping they would do it. The last verse is really our thesis. It's through the last verse, verse 20, Jesus here is saying to us, in a nutshell, here's how my followers who have received of me, watched me, watched me work, work with me, been with me, should be as they're sent out. Are you sent? Do you find that where we're, we are in community, do you use it as an opportunity as being the sent ones of Jesus to one another? He is giving us the formula, the illustration of what it should look like, how it should be as we serve one another in all manners. I mean, we can think about all the ministries in this church and outside of this church. He's saying, here's how I want you 
to represent me to each other. So why is Jesus washing feet? Again, he says it. I am setting an example for you. In fact, this is a continuation of the upside-down kingdom order that Jesus is bringing to his people. Matthew 20, verses 28, Mark 10, 45, affirms this thinking that Jesus is demonstrating here. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life the ransom for many. In Jesus' upside-down thinking, that is, his countercultural philosophy, which says true greatness in God's kingdom is a way of humility and service, he's saying, my followers are not MVPs. There are no most valuable players in the kingdom of God. My players are not VIPs. Rather, my followers are SVPs, servants, visionaries, and partners. Verse 3 through 4 sets up this radical idea. Verse 3 supports Jesus' deity, his high rank. He is placing before you, he's, he's, he's affirming for us through the text who he is. Here's who I am, really, at the end of the day. He lays a foundation for his persuasive argument that the great becomes the least. Being a servant. How does Jesus teach us to be servants, followers of him? By his example, Jesus is speaking to us to serve with an attitude that does not crave or demand only important and the most visible positions or roles in our community, our church. He has modeled for us what it is and what it means to be a servant. He calls us to self-abandonment. Choosing to be other-minded. Service, he calls us to service in the obscure places. The places where there are no cameras, there are no lights. In the basement, Joanne, of children's ministry. The growth. We thank God. We thank God. Walls have ears. We thank God. Amen? But in the lower places of ministry, he calls us to unroll our pride and our need for commendations. And he says to us, go to the place where no one sees you, where there is no spotlight or weekly accolades, but we work and trust Confident that he sees and he will reward. Sisters, there are no valuable players or very important people in this new kingdom order. Christ at the Last Supper gives us optics that read the least. The least 
is the greatest. Verses 13 through 16, you call me teacher. Again, we, 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 we get some affirmatives here. Here's what you're calling me. And quite frankly, Jesus, Jesus gets with them and said, really, right, rightly so. Because that's who I am. Because see, at this point, he's going back to the Father. So we don't have a lot of time to play games. If you haven't gotten it up to this point, let me, let me hand this thing to you. Rightfully so, I am teacher. I am Lord. I am he. And so here we see Jesus saying, see that I am Lord and teacher. See what I have done. Copy me. Our attitudes, beloved, should be the same as Christ. We see Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Have the mind, this mind, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, disrobed himself, took on the posture of a slave, got down on his knees and washed dirty feet. Though he was God, Oftentimes, I have to say to myself, Danette, who do you think you are then? Did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. I wonder sometimes in my own heart, do I try to grasp too much at the lofty things that I forget the horizontal things where I have been assigned? Yes, servanthood is an assignment. But he emptied himself. As I put this together, I was saying to Nikki, I keep hearing the song, pour me out, pour me out. All I am is yours. Yes, that's empty. When we serve one another, when we do the things we're called to, wherever we're called, it's a pouring out. And Jesus exemplified that for us so beautifully. So as you serve and you assist in various ministries in the church, children's ministry, you're ushering, working in the book nook. You know, we have that area down there that sometimes if you move too fast, we miss the ladies there, right? Thank you for serving. Thank you for sitting there, even when no one's buying a book. Amen. It's real, isn't it? Because if week after week no one buys a book, I would not want to be there. I'd be bored. So if you're not buying a book, still stop by and say, hi, thank you for sitting here. You're serving in women's ministry, scripture reading, volunteering in the church office. Older women, I don't want to call anybody out tonight because if you're over 15, <laughs> if you're over 15, I think you're an older woman to somebody. Right? And all of you all in here are over 15. <laughs> Therefore, you are called to mentor younger women. The problem I have sometimes is that younger women don't want to be mentored, so older women have nothing to do. Everybody thinks they're at the same level. I'm, I, listen, I can't help myself. I, this is who I am. God made me exactly like this, and he, I am still in process. Younger women... Don't want to be mentored, so older women, you're going to have to grab them because they need mentoring. We need mentoring. As I mentor, I still need 
wise counsel of women. It is a ministry that will not happen in spotlight. Mentoring, discipling will probably not happen up here. It won't. Let me not say probably, it just won't. It's not functional to happen up here. It happens at the kitchen table. It happens in homes where we're not seeing each other. Maybe you're called to make meals for young moms. Nobody sees that. Nobody knows what you're doing. Perhaps you are called just in this season of life to serve your own family. How about that? Do that by washing their feet. Maybe it's to visit someone in the hospital. Maybe it's to take care of or pray for a widow or two. I think we have six here. Pray for your pastors. Oh, this week we've been praying for our pastors uh, in our small group, praying for the leaders, praying for the people who are serving in leadership roles and out in the parking lot. We've been, we've been diligent. Prayer is serving, beloved. There are times I can't reach you, I can't get to you, but my labor in prayer is washing your feet. Let us do so, though, by serving with a radical shift in our attitude. Think, if Jesus can wash feet, so will I. Through service, Christ calls us to die to self. Our needs, what makes us most comfortable, and what causes least inconvenience. Isn't that something? I'm guilty, Lord. And live in him. Elizabeth Elliot said, servanthood is self-denial. Disposability. Saying, Lord, dispose of me however you want to. It is devotion and cooperation with God. Being a visionary, and I'm trying to wrap up here. <laughs> Don't tell me that. That's right. So the Last Supper optics calls us to be SVPs. We did servant already. It also calls us to be visionaries. No, not sitting at home doing our own vision board on what we're going to do and how we're going to do it and all the magazines. It is taking a page from Christ's book, from what he's doing here. For I have given you an example, verse 15 says, that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, when we see that repetition there, it is almost like, amen, amen, amen. Heavy. Jesus is emphatically making his point. Truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Understand. These disciples were about to be sent out. And we already had issues of pride, don't forget. Right? Who's going to sit next to Jesus? We had some pride issues, right? And so Jesus has to succinctly clarify for these brothers what must happen next. He was going to send them out into the world not as themselves, but as representatives of him, doing what he had done, what he had said, and all that he had exemplified. 
So Jesus wants the disciples to have a vision for service. Wherever we serve, sisters, we must have a vision for that assigned position. Even in the book nook where nobody is coming. I won't even touch what we should look like when we're serving. Because if we're assigned, we should look happy. <laughs> we should be cheerful. Cheerfulness is not just to your giving, you know. It's to your serving. And I'd say if you feel burnt out, it's better you rest than to serve with a grumpy spirit. I, I just, I, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus wants us to have a vision for serving. And it's his vision which really inspires joy in our hearts. When we do it like Jesus does it, guess what? We have joy. We are fulfilled. As a matter of fact, when we get down to the bottom, it says, blessed are those who do it. There's a blessing in serving and serving the way Jesus does with humility and care. Jesus wants his disciples, yes, to have vision for service. He's saying, if I am highly ranked, the son of God, talk about pulling title. Jesus pulled his card out and said, now what? What, what excuse do you have? Oh, Lord. Trust me, when I write this stuff... I'm getting beat. I am black and blue. Trust me. He's saying, see what I have done. If, if I can do this, if I can go low, so must you. He's saying, if you truly, really love me and you get me, going low is not a hard thing. I know, I'm not, I, you know, everybody in this room, you're doing well. You're doing, you're running this thing well. Not, I'm talking to you, to the other people, the other women. Shh, who don't come to women's ministry? <laughs> you serve well. My followers, Jesus is saying, because you have a vision for service, you don't make excuses about serving. You don't feel too high-ranked and give yourself a pass, you're not exempt. Beloved, this takes a radical, radical mind shift, a paradigm shift. Having the mind of Christ, our culture prescribes something else. It says, me, now, serve yourself, do you. It promotes a vision of, a vision of personal agendas. Your own timetable. With all the technology, we still can't get ourselves together. Which is very opposed to what Jesus is demonstrating here. He's saying, put away your own agenda. Find somebody to wash their feet. Question here. Do we have Christ's vision of service? Are you holding on to Christ's vision of service. And I don't have time to really unpack this. Or, but I'm going to say, Judas is, because he's going to mention Judas. Mentality of selfishness and pride. Serving himself. He couldn't wait. 
which resulted in his own demise, his death, verses 18 and 19. Beloved, to be great in God's kingdom is to be lowly and possess a vision from Christ. That parlays with being a partner in the work. Partnership in the work of Christ is loud and glaring all throughout Scripture, not just here. God sent his Son so that those who were on the outside, aliens, apostate, fallen, doomed in sin, could be reconciled through his Son, brought back into fellowship. Isn't that great? But not just so that you are redeemed and then get a high place. Not so that you can say, I'm saved, glory, hallelujah, got my Bible, and I'm sitting on the pews, and that's how I serve. I write a check, and that's how I serve. It is partnership to get dirty. To get dirty in messy lives. In the brokenness around us. Today in 2019, no, nobody is washing your feet. Rather, we go and pay to get our feet washed. It is a luxurious pleasure. It is indeed restorative and refreshing. Let's not forget that part. But indeed, we are not washing feet anymore. But, 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 I wonder if God's word has expired. Has it expired? No, it has not. It continues to speak. It continues to steer our hearts. It continues to call us out of selfishness. It continues to call us to self-abandon. It calls us to be deployed in the rough and rugged areas of lives. It calls us, I know for me in my life, there are times my phone ring, ping, and for the last year I've been turning it off because I won't get any sleep. But I have embedded myself in a place, as many of you have, to make yourself available to people. So your phone is always buzzing and ringing and you're getting calls. And washing feet looks like answering that call. It says, I have to wash dishes and put babies to bed, but I still need to get back to so-and-so, even to send them a prayer in the midnight hour. Oh, do you know those prayers in the midnight hour? Because had it not been for somebody praying for me, washing my feet through prayer in the midnight hour, maybe some of us are too young. Are we too young? You know, I'm only 25. You know, we don't know nothing about some midnight hour prayer. Marriages wouldn't be saved. So, so don't just think about what you see happening. Think about the behind the scenes. Children, prodigals would not return home. Bills wouldn't be paid. We serve, we're still being called to partner with Christ in his upside down thinking. What I do for Christ has more an effect and an impact as I serve. In other words, when we partner with him, there is a blessedness. I find that when I am serving, I am probably the happiest. 
when I'm with another woman listening and caring, when I'm serving in whatever capacity I'm called or assigned to, there is a joy. Now, let me be honest. Sometimes leading up to that moment, you're like, oh, man. I'm just saying, we're in process. However, when you get in there, when you hold Teresa's hand and we're praying or we're, I'm helping and we're coming over and we're, do whatever, whoever, you have your partners in this room or in this church, wherever. When you get here on a Sunday, you, you know you have to serve in whatever capacity. So that means you'll probably have to be here an hour or so before, right? And you know you've been in your pajamas all day, that's me. <laughs> and you're just struggling to get out of your pajamas to get here at 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. That's none of y'all. But when you get here and you see life in God's building and it's alive, and it's moving, and you see smiles, and you see people here. Guess what? Arrival of the blessedness. There's an arrival of the joy. You lose track of time. You, look, you lose track of what came in with you, and there is a spirit to serve. Beloved, when we serve, we're not just blessed. But those who we have served are blessed. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, and now we know it. If you've never read John 13 before, you know it tonight. <laughs> blessed are you if you do them. I thought it would be very helpful to us, and I know the panel is coming up, but we have one who has just recently, it's a fresh example of feet washing at Risen Hope. I want to um, invite Lana to just quickly come up and share with you what present day feet washing looks like to her. And then we'll pray and have the panel.